Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by this mellow yellow fellow who is my co-host, Mozzie. Aww. How you doing, man? I am swell. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's a rainy day here in D.C., and uh, for some reason, my ankle keeps clicking. That's how my day is going. <laughs> yeah, if any of you have, have heard a click in the podcast, uh, that is what it is. It's, it's Mozzie's ankle. <laughs> No, uh, yeah, I know I say I'm swell a lot, but today I, I definitely actually am. It's like I don't have to have my heat on or anything or AC. Mm. It's like it's 60 degrees, even though it's a little gloomy. And mm. I, we both just have the free time to podcast on a Sunday evening randomly. So uh, Sunday evening, yeah, the, yeah. Think of little things that I'm able to just we're able to just fucking podcast right now. So I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been good, honestly. I've been really good. Got all my medicines taken care of, you know, nice. it always feels nice and secure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, to, to take the stuff that keeps you from disintegrating and falling apart. Right, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. I For some reason, that made me think of this random story uh, from the dentist the other day. So one of my paranoias is, uh, like, being pooped on by birds. I've never been pooped on by a bird, but this was implanted in my brain in kindergarten when the teacher told us a story about, like, getting pooped on by a bird or something. And so... Mm. Uh, Something came up about birds while I was at the dentist, and I'm like, oh, I'm not like a big like bird fan. I didn't say bird person because my brain goes to Rick and Morty, but I'm like, I'm not a big bird fan. I'm like, I'm always worried I'm gonna get pooped on, and I feel like, I feel like that's a reasonable concern, but I obviously take it a little too far. Um, right. And so she mentioned that, um, I think she said like one of her daughter's friends and like their uh, boss were bird watching together, and. There's a sign now to warn against it, but the, she told the guy to look up at something, and he looked up, but his mouth was open, and oh. so the bird pooped right into his mouth. That's and the like, most disgusting. I was thing. like, I would die. I'm like, I would cease to exist at that moment. I'm like, I would have to like mouthwash and like get some like 151 and gargle it. I'm like, I would need to take mm-hmm. that stuff that makes you throw up. That that would be like the most traumatizing event for me I could think of as a bird pooping in my mouth. Yeah, no, that's pretty disgusting. Yeah, so she said now that place has a sign that says, um, like, close mouth when looking up the birds. <laughs> well, see, now we have the masks. So you'd yeah. be okay <laughs> if you were, you know, taking this proper safety uh, precautions, unless you were bird watching out in, like, the Shenandoah Valley. In yeah, which case yeah I, guess, I guess a lot of bird watching. Yeah, a lot of bird watching may be socially distanced anyway, but. Right. A lot of uh, bird watching people can do sort of around their cities, depending on what city it is, and they get the right vantage point. But I don't know. I'm not a bird watcher. Me neither, as you would probably. The only but I don't I really freak out. Like, you getting pooped on is just like it happens. It, it just happens. It will happen to you one day. It's never <laughs> has it happened to you. Uh, in Italy. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, because there's, I mean, Italy is just pigeon central. Yeah, like, you think New York's is. got pigeons. Italy is like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the SpongeBob meme with the garbage poop diapers that SpongeBob's <laughs> showing. The, clam, yeah. the early scenes are New York, and then the last one—that's Italy. 
There's yeah. a lot of pigeons there, which Italy's amazing. Um, but cigarettes and bird poop are huh. going to happen there. Well, yeah, my my friends always laugh at me at the beach because of how I am with the seagulls. But uh, we can move from uh, <laughs> seagulls to seahawks if we want. Um, we kind of touched on it last time. There's been some Russell Wilson drama. Um, he has said he wants to stay with the team. But right. if he's traded, he has named a few teams he would want to go to. The Raiders were one, and I obviously was, you know, super happy about that. Someone asked, like, what I would be like, what they should give up. I'm like, the whole draft and car. I'm like, fucking do it. Yeah, do it. Like, do I, it. I would, I would give up any any amount of draft capital to get uh, Russell Wilson. But the reason we get to him is because he he kind of gets the Seattle offense going, and if he were to leave. I think Seattle would become not bottom five fantasy offense, but they'd be not fantasy good if he weren't there because they want to run the ball. And on the, they have games where they pass a lot. They had a lot of those games, but they got rid of Schottenheimer and brought in. Did, did they, who'd they bring in? Oh, I don't even know. Have they brought anyone is. in yet? They did. Did they bring? Actually, I don't know if they brought someone in yet. We tried to do this last week. Yeah, um, I don't know if they have someone yet. Yeah, so their their offense hinges on Russell Wilson's status, but there are some offenses we can maybe take better stabs at. Um, we can start at the bottom. Uh, a lot. I was gonna say it's uh, Shane Waldron is who it is. Who? I I don't know. Sh- is Shane or Shane? Shane. Okay, it's like <laughs> Shane, Shane Waldron. Shane Damn Waldron. Man. I'm like that sounds like <laughs> like some D and D spell. I don't know. So he's been on good teams, but this is the first time he's calling plays. Gotcha. Hmm. What was he a quarterback coach previously? Um, that, that's like that's the typical jump. It's like quarterback coach to OC or something. Offensive quality control. Hmm. Interesting. It's like OC assistant to the offensive coordinator. Right. I think a lot of times that's personnel decisions and scheming. Yeah. Right. Probably. I'm like because I'm trying to remember who else has had like a like an offensive. Has it, wasn't McVeigh that or something at some point? Wasn't he like an offensive quality control guy with Washington or something with Shanahan? I want to say I don't know that probably. So but, basically, as far as I'm aware, quality control does a lot of the scheming. Hmm. They just don't make the actual call during the game. Interesting. That's the OC. So <laughs> you know, maybe he'll be great at coming up with the plays. He's got to learn when to get the right ones in there. Yeah, which doesn't <laughs> matter if they're being told to run. So. <laughs> So Seattle, yeah, they depend on Russell Wilson, but there's some offenses that aren't bottom five, but aren't you know always fantasy good. Like Baltimore's not always fantasy good, um, just because it's pretty much all Lamar and they're on game. There's not a whole lot of usable assets there um, each week. Philly, I, I think we could feel like they're if J, if it weren't Jalen Hurts being fantasy viable on his own, they may fall they may fall into the bottom five, and then Miami and the Jets. I okay. I don't know how they're gonna shake out. There's a lot of moving parts in each of those teams. So I, I have yeah, a hard time. Uh, me neither. Be completely honest. I have no a hard clue. time assigning them. But if we want, if we want to talk bottom five, who is gonna be bad? We can usually. I think we can assume Washington. Yeah, if they don't get Deshaun Watson or something, then they're probably not gonna have a great offense. Yeah, because they've got they've got some talent there with McLaurin and Gibson, but. We have no clue who's going to run the offense. They made the playoffs, so their pick's not good enough to get a good quarterback. Like, right now, they've got, like, Alex and Tyler Heineke under contract, I think. So, a little tough there. And then Detroit, um, 
they're in a rebuild. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have Goff, and uh, the line is not bad. Yeah. The it's problem middle, is... pretty middle of the road. Yeah, the receivers are in flux. Galladay and Marvin right. Jones could both be gone. They both could be gone. And, they still have Hawkinson and yeah, still have uh, Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift. Swift. And Carrion, I guess, yeah. Like... And uh, our our guy Cephas, but yeah, they're they're pretty direct talent and Anthony Lindsay OC now, um, so I don't see them being fantasy viable or just a decent team at all. I think they might have one two guys that are going to be rostered. Mm-hmm. I I don't, but they're not going to be it, where they were no. Yeah, it's going to revolve around <laughs> Swift, and there are definitely going to be games where he's good, but also games where he's bad because it's going to be a probably a rough Detroit team. Yeah. But, and then Houston, another team with quarterback uh, issues abound. But we're assuming they won't have Watson, so they're going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> Even if Watson is on Houston, we are assuming he will not be playing for them. Yeah. Which, okay, we, we can detour a bit. Do, what do you, where are you right now with that situation? How do you think that plays out? I think Watson's doing the right thing. He just keeps hammering home that he is not going to be playing for Houston. Um, He just met with David Coley like a day or two ago. And uh, he told him, I'm not playing for you. So I like that because (laughs) he's really trying to get the we can bring him back mentality out of their heads. Like, you're not doing that. I'm not playing here. Just trade me. Um, I, I would assume with pretty relative certainty he's not playing for Houston next year. I whether or not he gets traded I think is all on the competency of the GM because if he's not playing for you, you should trade him so you can draft one of these quarterbacks in this class this year because you currently have no picks. So it actually makes a lot of sense to trade Watson anyway given the state of the franchise right now. Mm-hmm. Do you what are the odds that Okay, in your head, what are the odds he doesn't get traded and sits out? Um, it's non-zero, but it's non-zero. Maybe like, uh, maybe there's like a fifteen percent chance. Yeah, I was thinking like maybe like ten-ish, probably like something like that. Not a big chance, but like enough of one that that might. <laughs> so my jumping-off point is like, if you have Deshaun Watson in Dynasty, would you try to move him? Even if you get full value, or like you could maybe get like ninety five percent value. I don't know what however you want to do it. But do you think it's okay to move off of him in like a super flex league with the potential worry that he may not play next year? Like, because I, I was thinking about that as someone who has Deshaun Watson. Um, no, I don't think so. Because the upside, if he gets traded to a very good team, is. Uh really dangerous yeah i would take the upside over the possibility yeah. he doesn't play this year yeah i think the only <laughs> way to do it would be if you could pat if you could do deshaun watson and something to get mahomes that because mm. you're not going to miss out on upside if you have mahomes is the thing well that's fair yeah i think you you're, you may you're gonna lose another piece but like mahomes could still be the best no matter where deshaun goes it's the thing too but mm-hmm. that that would be the only scenario that may not be possible but I, I I wanted to throw that out there to see what you, your thought was, just because it entered my mind, and I'm like, huh? I'm like, trading to Sean Watson sounds gross and terrible, regardless. And I would, if I if you have him and he sits out, you're fucked. But yeah, I mean, you are kind of fucked if he sits out. Yeah. But I I would 
be very like excited for the potential upside that he could go to like a potentially really good team yeah like if he went to carolina who we'll get to shortly that'd be nuts mm-hmm. but other bottom five candidates we have to say chicago because they don't have anyone under contract really do they have Foles under contract i don't know it might be Foles. it might be trubisky again it could be fitzpatrick but the team is bad mm-hmm. they don't have a stellar line it's not bad but it's not stellar they probably won't have a rob since like he wants out so yeah. i they have no one no weapons they got i mean i guess they have david montgomery yeah like if their defense their defense bailed them out so hard and they had some lucky situations i'll say as well where if the variance doesn't all go their way again like it did last year like they could be a really bad team like we had thought they'd be um cool yeah, I'd say Cole Komet maybe takes a step yeah. forward in his year two as a tight Possibly. end. But other than that, like they're not the yeah, worst of the age. worst, but But the quarterback situation and just the right. lack of like general talent if A Rob's gone makes them pretty gross. Yeah. And then New England is and <laughs> they have no one good. Um <laughs> I, truly. Yeah. Like they may be the worst at the moment like unless like they get a quarterback that saves them entirely but i doubt it like that's the thing even with brady who looked who, who led a great offense this year looked like trash the previous year on this same team so yeah people were saying butts. he was washed yeah because the offense was so bad but there were mostly people just watching stats mm-hmm. like which the team just had he, nothing to me like he didn't look the same but he it made they made him look worse too Right, they put him in bad situations. They made him look. They, they made him look worse. Mm. And uh, yeah, they have. I mean, their wide receivers and kill Harry just. just uh, um. yeah. yeah, the Patriots drafting's been rough. That. They should. Yeah. They should fork up picks for Russell Wilson. Right, exactly. No, they should be the ones trading their whole draft because they're clearly not as good at it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what happened, but so we can move on from the shitty teams, um, potential shitty teams, to which I guess of those bottom five. Who do you think has the best chance to, like, not be trash? Would you say Detroit or Washington, I guess? Yeah. I would say both of them. Because I think, I mean, Detroit, like, they're... Detroit I, depends I, on, like, who how their receiver situation goes, I think. And Washington exactly. depends on quarterback situations. So, like, I would say receiver situation's easier to mend than a quarterback situation. So... Yeah, and I've been fully enjoying the whole uh, Dan Campbell. <laughs> D- Detroit. Dan Campbell. I've been fully enjoying just him being that, you know, <laughs> the absolute monster that he is. And I really like the coordinators he brought in as well. Uh, the cornerbacks coach, Aaron Glenn, who is with the Saints, he is now the defensive coordinator for the Lions. He said, I want Okuda to stop trying to play like the number three pick in the draft and start playing like the best he can be. And I was like, there you go. Yeah. They, they needed to go. just blow everything up, which they did, so that's good. So I like, yeah, I like the coordinators. I like what they're doing there. Their owner, uh, Sheila Ford-Hamp, seems pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just, I think this is more or less, though, like they are rebuilding. So I'm not super hyped about their offense this year. But who knows, you know? Maybe Garbage we get guy. some wide receivers and retain some of them. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. They, they could get enough garbage-type situations that... They're fine. Like, the thing is, Jared Goff's good enough that if you give him garbage time, he'll get you fantasy stats. Whereas, like with Washington, they may just be in close, like 
close and gross like that's their motto and that's probably right. gonna keep doing so that's like the reason i think i picked detroit over them to move out of there but it's like wisconsin and most of their sports <laughs> they just always keep it close and gross i think like college basketball even, yeah it's like a 50 point game but it's, i literally it's only ever think of frank kaminsky aka frank the tank when i think of wisconsin basketball <laughs> i feel like he's just like embodies it pretty well but, right yeah so moving from bottom five to top five um, Kansas City's the obvious, just there, yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay probably has to be there too with all the weapons they've got and how they were this year. Um, so the two Super Bowl teams, um, and then Dallas. If Dak is back, or you know, if everything happens where they get Russ, or as long as they have competent quarterback play and a not dead O line, they should be in play for top five fantasy offense just because of how much talent is there. I think those were our, like, sort of consensus three. Yeah, and then we kind of forgot about Buffalo, but I think they should definitely be in that top four for sure. Mm-hmm. But number five yeah, so is these are like, I was going to say, these are, like, the teams that have just a sort of a full-on offense where multiple pieces from the offense can be drafted and used with success during the fantasy season because mm-hmm. they're just firing on all cylinders. And that's, you know, you've got Kansas City with all the weapons they have Tampa Bay with all the weapons they have and Dallas, I think with the three, you know, the trio of wide receivers Mm -hmm. uh, that they've currently got and Dak and Zeke for sure. Like you've got multiple pieces there. That's five and they're all probably viable. Yeah. I think Buffalo is a little behind because there's no running back there to trust. At least with Tampa, you didn't know who it was, but a running back was going to produce Kansas city. I guess didn't have the running back production this year as much, but it was made up for with everything else. There were so many offensive lines that just were battered up. Yeah. And it hurt a lot of the run games. We saw the, the run game was just deadless last year. It was the running back like game was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, Buffalo needs to get better at run blocking. Um, I don't know if that's all on the O-line or if it's partially on the running backs, but they that aspect of the game is definitely weaker for them. Mm-hmm. And then number five, when we were kind of kind of forced to do a top five. Also, before we go to number five, these questions were brought to us by was it Jay Watt and Jolly, right? Yeah. Okay. So, previous guests of the pod and again, you know, seem to be future guests of the pod as well, uh, <laughs> suggested these ideas for us. So, now number five is where it got tough. I, we the the two LA teams with uh, the Chargers and the Rams. Uh, both make a good number five option, I think. Because with the Chargers, you you know you have Herbert, you have Keenan, you have Hunter Henry, Eckler. But then the issue is like okay, Mike Williams, like he's potentially gone. And then you, I mean, the Chargers just aren't as good of a team as the Rams. And so that's what kind of made me think. Okay, we go to the Rams, who now have Stafford. They've got Cup and Woods and. You know, Reynolds is a solid third guy. They've got their two tight ends. They've got Akers. I think they may submit more viable fantasy options or, like, drafted guys or something. Yeah, for some reason, I completely forgot about Cup <laughs> when, we were, <laughs> when we were doing this. I'm like, yeah, they got Stafford and they got Akers. And I'm like, they don't really have anyone outside of Woods, though. And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, Cooper but, Cup is really freaking good. Yeah. Uh, the thing sorry, with uh, with uh, the chargers though is that like herbert just looked so good and made good days with anybody that like the the weapon numbers may not matter as much as long as like we have consistent idea of who the the weapon is 
Oh man, that guy had a cannon. <laughs> yeah, dude. That he was. It was nuts. I'm I'm really excited to see how his second year goes because of just how out of the blue his success was. Like, I don't. As much like as a lot of people may have blue. liked him, I don't know. I don't. I personally didn't see anyone say he would be awesome off the bat. I didn't either. I didn't hear a single analyst say they really liked Herbert. I I mean, I could be missing somebody, but every single one of them dogged on him. And so many of them have tried to backtrack. Like, I actually liked him. I didn't hate him that much. Meanwhile, like, you look at their old films and they're like, this guy isn't going to make it. I'm like, that's... <laughs> yeah, not my... rooting for him. You're saying he's going to be a bust, and he's not a bust. He's a star. <laughs> yeah, he... My, because my biggest thing with him was like the whole like there was a lot of like really good moments that I didn't see put together enough, and he just instantly put it together. I'm like, okay, you got there, and so like he was. I think, I think he was my number three. I think because I think I had two of Herbert. I don't remember exactly, but anyway, yeah, it's it's okay to like admit you're wrong too. Like Josh Allen is someone I've had to just after this year at least admit being totally wrong on. Because mm-hmm. after, after the preview, after, like, his first two years, I, I had some, like, leeway, like, maybe not. But now I'm saying he's leading a top five fantasy offense, so I was wrong. Um, with her, <laughs> At least with Herbert, I don't have to feel like I have to say I was wrong, but I, I wasn't, <laughs> like, right, you know? Yeah, no, we definitely weren't right. We weren't super wrong, but we were not right. We thought we thought he had potential, but the Chargers would ruin him. Yeah, no, no, that, that was, was the thing. thing. That was the thing. We thought the Chargers would ruin him, and that's that's where we were wrong. That that right. like I said, we were wrong. The Chargers would ruin Herbert. Yeah, that was our that was our take. We were like, we we think he's got what it takes, but we are not confident the Chargers can make this happen. And yeah. he said, I don't give a fuck about the Chargers. I'm gonna do me. Yeah, and we talked <laughs> we've talked a couple of times before, but I I'm curious like. With Pep Hamilton being the quarterback coach there and how he helped them flourish, I'm curious like how his future goes in his career. Because like Ralph Anthony Lynn in Detroit, I don't know if he's gonna get some credit there with Herbert or if it's because he wanted to go Tyrod initially, and then yeah, like, he did. and then that one doctor, <laughs> gosh, that whole turn error too. But yeah, I think Pep Hamilton will end up as an OC sometime too. And if he, I don't think he is already. Who knows? But yeah, th- those two would kind of round out the top five of pick your poison. And then the almost here. So Atlanta's kind of always in the almost here or like up there. Just kind of depends on health and age of, you know, Ryan and Julio. And then Arizona with Kyler. Obviously, Rodgers has Green Bay firing on all cylinders a lot of times. For them, the overall like fantasy goodness of the offense may depend on uh, if they finally get another fucking receiver or not. (laughs) God, please. Please. (laughs) It's like the opposite of the Michael Scott meme. Please, God, please. (laughs) Give them one more wide receiver, just one more. Yeah, they, because because they, they they added Devin Funchess, which wasn't really much, but he ended up and sitting got, out. Yeah, he opted out. Yeah. Like, oh man. Like I do. Like I'll say they at least did get him. He probably was a. They were thinking like you know this is a nice number two addition to Devontae. But yeah. But, anyway, uh, yeah. but if you're, for them like Aaron Jones. His status is a big part of Green Bay's potential, you know, fantasy goodness too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Indy, they're not as sure of a thing, I don't think, but they could make a big jump. I think Carson Wentz will make the receivers more fantasy viable than Philip Rivers had them. Definitely. And because, uh, like, if Hilton comes back, they've got Pittman. If Paris Campbell can finally not get hurt again, like, that's a lot of t- there's a lot of talent there, and you've got like your 
you know, your general group of tight ends, you know, Hines, Taylor, like Mac will be back maybe. I don't know. But like there's a lot of there's a lot of talent there and an awesome O line. So yeah, I think right. they they're like almost there and they could surprise and end up top five. Um and then Tennessee, like, they've they've kept being good and it's kept being Derrick Henry and AJ Brown. So that's yeah. kind of a thing. And then Cincinnati, um Ooh. Like because, I mean, before Burrow got hurt, they were, you know, he was slinging and getting a lot of garbage time points. And sometimes staying in games. And then um, the O-line kept deteriorating, too. I think if the O-line is, like, somewhat healthy and then Burrow's there, they'll be, again, even if not a good real-life team, a good mm-hmm. fantasy offense. Yeah, I mean, the they're like Dallas, basically. They're ba- They're basically mm-hmm. Dallas of Ohio. <clears throat> They've got a good quarterback. Why does Dallas of Ohio sound like some like college or something? <laughs> Dallas of Ohio. I mean, we have Miami of Ohio, right? Yeah, that's a college over there. I've heard. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, trio of wide receivers, tons of offensive explosivity is now a word. And uh, <laughs> I'll just say firepower. Like, but there you go. That would yeah, that probably would have been more uh, grammatically correct. Tomato and, potato. Uh, <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, their defense is just Garbo, like Dallas. So, Aside from Jesse Bates. <laughs> Aside from Jesse the Bates. Caveat. That's fair. But then, you know, at the same time, the Cowboys just drafted uh, that cornerback. I've met mm-hmm. Trayvon Diggs, who's yeah. pretty good. Trayvon so, yeah, Diggs? I think, I think so. that's his name? Yeah. Because, you know, you talked about him a lot. So, yeah, Cincinnati, I think, could be, like, should be probably a pretty good fantasy offense, even if they're not an awesome team, per se. And then... I guess Indy and the Rams would kind of be jumps. I don't know, not, not necessarily, but I think Carolina is what we need to mention as far as like a potential jump for an offense. It, depending on who they draft or if they acquire Watson, they mm. have the weapons to like be really good with Robbie and DJ and Curtis Samuel. So And CMC. Yeah. Well, I was, I'm curious if CMC would be part of a trade or not, but... Yeah, I think if they get Watson, there is a semi-decent chance they lose McCaffrey. Yeah, or honestly, Curtis Samuel could be part of that too. But I, I don't see them giving up DJ Moore, and I don't know if Robbie Anderson would make sense for a trade because of his contract. So, <clears throat> I'd be kind of sad. I think he really likes where he's at right now. And, you know, we were pr- we were happy and proud for him. He was a really good receiver this past year when a lot of people didn't Robbie. think he would be. Touchdown, the touchdown numbers were low for him because Carolina in general had low touchdown numbers if it wasn't yeah. a running back, I guess. <laughs> all, the running backs <laughs> all got the touchdowns. Curtis, Curtis Samuel got like all the touchdowns too, honestly. Yeah, it was uh, it was spread around in a very infuriating way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but So jumping from kind of the top five fantasy op- offense projections for next year, who what, so? There's been some awesome fantasy seasons, but what would make up our all-time fantasy team if we're kind of trying to fill out a roster of you know quarterback, two receivers, two running backs, tight end, kicker, defense, and mm. maybe a flex? Who would we go with? And I, 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 the first things we typed were 2013 Peyton Manning and 20 or 2006 LTE, the latter yeah. of which is actually the best fantasy season ever, and mm-hmm. he was just an unfair cheat code. So. <laughs> Yeah, so that was, those were the first two. I was like, those two right there. Yeah. Um, 2013 Peyton Manning, though, is actually just a few points behind uh, both 
2018 Mahomes and 2019 Lamar. Mm-hmm. Now it's pretty negligible. I think it's maybe five points. It's close of a difference between them. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's, Mahomes had five points more than Peyton, and Lamar had three points more than Peyton total. So uh, those three, to me, you'd be fine with as yeah. sort of your quarterback. The the argument for Manning was just his gap over the field at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't think anyone got close that season. So yeah, that's what was so crazy is that that was 2013. And it was an old Peyton that people weren't sure if he was going to be good or not. Mm-hmm. And he threw 55 touchdowns. He had negative 30 rushing yards, and he still was, had that many fantasy points. Yeah, and the, the wild part about it was, like, how viable, like, that whole offense was for fantasy. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what made it absurd. Because I'm looking through the, like, touchdown, passing touchdowns, and Breeze had 39 but Manning had the 55. Like, right. <laughs> oh, okay. I have a, a really fun trivia. In 2013, so Manning had 55. Breeze had 39. Who was third with 33? Stafford. Andy Dalton. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm like, he's never going to get this one. No way. Yeah, definitely not. <clears throat> Stafford was 60 at 29. But yeah, Manning was just so absurdly far ahead. And there wasn't any Konami code quarterback at the time like breaking it because Colin I think Colin Kaepernick was yeah he was a fantasy quarterback at that time too he was yeah that was during his like reign of fantasy goodness well yeah 2013 was probably his peak honestly I mean look I'm trying to find his like rushing numbers so yeah 2013 and like end of 2012 Kaepernick was still you know making hay but that that whole 2013 season Peyton Manning was just so far ahead of everybody it was nuts so yeah. I'll mention those two guys, uh, Mahomes and Lamar, of course. So 2006 LT, and then actually 2019 McCaffrey. Um, well, McCaffrey does have the second best, and I think his just overall consistency the previous year and how, again, how much he lapped the field was a big part of it. He just, I mean, <laughs> he uh, he had just so many rushing and, and receiving yards. It yeah. was both, like, and so many receptions. He it was, was a wide receiver and a running back combined. Yeah, and in, in the era of PPR and even half being more prevalent, I I know the point totals are you know whatever they are, but it it was more valuable in the time in, in 2019 because of PPR being a thing and yeah. PPR being a thing. In standard, it's way different, but so many receptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in standard he drops down a good amount. Yeah, he drops down a lot in standard, but even if you give him like half, it's a huge chunk. So because that thousand thousand is so hard to get to. <sighs> That's so, unbelievable. Yeah. And then LT just had, it was what, how many 28 touchdowns? 28 and then three yeah. more teams, so 31 total touchdowns. So. <sighs> so, and then, but Priest Holmes and Sean Alexander get some honorable mentions and, you know, maybe end up in our flex spot. Um, 2000, uh, honestly, two or three Priest Holmes, he was nuts both years. And then 2005, uh, Sean Alexander, didn't they, that was, was that their Super Bowl run year? 2005. Uh, so probably. Yeah, because he that had 27 right. touchdowns. And then the next year, LT broke it with 28. So, <laughs> which really made it hilarious. Because L- LT had like 500 receiving yards that year, too. Like, that was mm-hmm. not common at the point. Like, aside yeah, what, from- what's so crazy is I'm looking at Priest Holmes, 2003, so three years before LaDainian Tomlinson, he had 27 rushing touchdowns and almost 700 receiving yards. Yeah. Priest Holmes like, was wow. like 
absurd for that short burst of time where he was <clears throat> so dominant. Yeah. Because, yeah, Sean Alexander had one extra touchdown in the receiving department, and then LT is like, fuck it. <laughs> but if we move to receiver, uh, Jerry Rice is number one. Yeah. His 95 season. And then Randy Moss, 07. Uh, that was the first year I played fantasy and actually had Randy Moss. So he has a sweet Ooh. spot in my heart with his 23 touchdowns. So, yeah. That's quite on, a lot for a wide receiver, if yeah, you on, didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He may or may not have the record over the guy we just mentioned. Right. So th- that's kind of an obvious one, too. And, you know, um, I guess A.B. in 2014 or 15. And then Calvin Johnson, you know, I, think, I don't think you can mention receivers in any capacity without giving Megatron a nod. He, he definitely gets an honorable mention. Might end up in flex spot if it's PPR. You know, we'll see. Uh, tight end, it's Gronk. 2011 Gronk is yep. hands down best fantasy season. And it's Gronk. He's just a lot of fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> And it's Gronk. Hmm. Yeah, no, he's he's just top of the list. 2011. And that was his second season, right? Like, that's what made it so crazy. Yeah, it was his second year. Was it his second year or third yeah, year? Second? It was his second, yeah. Oh, that's wow. what made it so wild was the second year tight end doing that. He kind of, like, ruined everyone's expectations for tight ends. He was one of the few uh, tight ends that came out as a rookie, and you immediately knew, like, this guy is going to be good. And he wasn't even, like, amazing his first year, but he was amazing for what tight ends do. Yeah, because he saw 10 touchdowns that first year, even though not many yep. yards, and he, you know. And so, so it is told after that, so... Gronk's number one, and I think Audible mentioned 2013 Jimmy Graham, and then probably a lot of Kelsey years. I think this most recent one was actually his best fantasy year. Yeah, 2020. But Kelsey has a lot of uh, honorable mention tight end fantasy years. And uh, I just thought of this, but I think Tony Gonzalez probably had some pretty solid years in there too. He just didn't have all the touchdowns. He was more of a PPR tight end menace. But Yeah, he was a reception menace. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe like, in PPR, like full PPR, he'd be uh, a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. But yeah, T- Tony Gonzalez as a you know former as a Falcon at one point, you know, a long time chief, of course. So he, well, because when you're talking about like best tight ends of all time in general, even if it's not fancy related, he's up there for sure. So oh but, yeah, he's top five. Oh yeah, definitely. But and then so kicker and defense because well, you know we have to talk about our kickers here. Uh, 2011, yeah. David Akers is... David Akers, 2011. Uh-huh. But the one that uh, popped into my head first, because I you know remember it most, because it was kind of recent, was 2017 Legatron. Gre- Greg Zerline with the Rams, he had some not-so point total games. That was like the year people were complaining about him being like in the league. <laughs> a lot of a lot of t- a lot of leagues got rid of kicker after that year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> that that started a lot of the kicker debate. But I thought he would be number one. I was surprised to see David Akers. Now I remember this now that like now that I see it because you know my grew up growing up with my dad who watched the Eagles a lot. Um, the they um <laughs> they we had David Akers for like a decade, mm-hmm. and then he went to the Niners and he had an absolutely insane kicking year. I want to say I had him in the league. Um, that I was starting in, did I play that year? I don't, I think that might've been the first year I started fantasy <laughs> and I went and took him because I knew him. I mean, it makes sense. It's a kicker. Why not go yeah. for it? So <laughs> yeah. And then y'all are all just like Tron there. And then defense, obviously 85 bears are, <laughs> we'll count for that, but 
lot of us didn't play fantasy then. Um, so the honorable mentions would be uh, 2013 Seattle and then 2017 Jacksonville. Both of those were pretty busted. Yeah, 2013 would have been my pick for fantasy just in terms of I think they had a ton of like interceptions for one and then also special teams stuff. Like pick like, sixes and stuff. Yeah, pick and sixes, fumble, fumble scores. Quite opportunistic. There were some there's some solid Saints defenses in there too. Like I know their Super Bowl run they were really opportunistic and got a lot of like touchdowns and shit, but they also gave up like a ton of yards. Yeah. But they were really like when they got they would get a pick every game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz I know I there was one league I, I one league I mean I think like after 2013 we got rid of defenses or something like that around that point. It might have been before. Anyway, but I know the 2017 Jags also spurred a lot of defenses getting out of leagues that, that 2017 year really between Ligatron and the Jacksonville defense kind of pushed uh teams or leagues to get rid of defenses and kickers some mm. just to, yeah. to high various positions there so well, yeah because when you have one kicker that gets 20 points a game yeah. and everyone else is like you have to have a kicker it sucks that's why I like the kicker flex kicker flex Kicker right. flags. Yeah, so to run down uh, all-time fantasy team, we've got Peyton Manning at QB. We've got LT and McCaffrey at running back. Moss and Rice at receiver. Uh, Gronk at tight end. David Akers at kicker. 85 bears on defense. And then in flex, I guess we'll maybe go... Do we want to go Priest Holmes or Sean Alexander? I guess it depends if it's PPR or not. I'd probably go Priest Holmes. Yeah. Nowadays, we're a lot, a lot of half PPR, you know. We'd probably take that one of those Priest Holmes seasons over Sean Alexander, I'd say. So Yeah. He but, just had a... Man, Priest Holmes. Holy... Just, he had a lot of receiving yards. Yeah, so... And we're obviously talking these... Like, we're, we're talking these specific seasons, not overall career fantasy-wise, but a lot of them would have good arguments for that, too, so... But before we uh, get into... Question number four, which kind of talks about quarterbacks again. Um, it's all about quarterbacks. We <laughs> want to kind of run over some of the uh, deadlines. So one of the questions was, why are no trades happening right now? Like, why are there no right. trades yet? Um, and a lot of that's because of how the dates approach. So uh, do you want to run through some of the uh, kind of benchmarks through the offseason for us? Right. So right now we're in the franchise tag state of free agency. So teams cannot contact free agents, unrestricted free agents right now about signing them or their agent. They can't do that yet. Right now, teams can just decide to franchise tag unrestricted free agents, um, which would be like if the Bears franchise tagged Allen Robinson or the Cowboys franchise tag Dak so that other teams can't talk to him. This is the time for that. And that ends, so it started on the 23rd of February. We're five days in. That ends on the 9th, uh, March 9th. And then you've got kind of a six-day gap. So March 9th is the last day to franchise tag players. So yeah, and then you've got March 15th, which is when agents can start reaching out to players um, that are becoming unrestricted free agents for the new calendar year. So... March 15th is when you're going to see more communication happening. And then March 17th is when free agency actually begins. So between the 15th and 17th, you are actually going to see probably, you know, this team has agreed to do this with this team on the 17th Mm. sort of contracts coming up. And then, yeah, the 17th of March, that's the big day. That's when free agency officially begins and teams are going to start getting new players. And then that goes for a while, and 
a month later, in April 29th, that is when the NFL draft will happen. Da-na-na. <laughs> Which I love to watch. I love watching the draft. Are we are we gonna get lawyered up for uh, using that noise <laughs> for making? Well, we that don't make noise. any money, so yeah. Yeah. no. <laughs> we're gonna cease and desist on this podcast for uh, going. Da-na-na. We're gonna need to seize all your monetary funds made from the podcast. All right, you got it. You owe us <laughs> money then. <laughs> we promote you. So, but yeah, so. Kind of like after the first week or two of March is when a lot of stuff will happen. Because after franchise tags are finalized, that's when kind of like, you know, the tag and trade stuff happens. Or, mm-hmm. you know, after uh, the 15th and stuff, like after things get worked out with restricted and then some unrestricted free agents getting some calls. That's when a lot of stuff kind of we get the moving pieces taking place. But it's going to be another quiet week or two and then we'll get some action. Oh, yeah. But Oh, yeah. So last question uh, is, if you were to combine the past three draft classes with this one, what would the quarterback order be? Um, and then would Trevor Lawrence still go number one with the addition of all these quarterbacks? And we're taking this from a as a prospect perspective because right. it's, kinda, it's a little unfair to kind of compare Trevor to what a quarterback has done to this point, I'd say, or just in general because the time the time has been different. So I think, right. yes, yes, Trevor would still go number one. Um, okay, so like... 20 so we're doing 2018 19 20 uh-huh so you have right your baker darnold uh jallen lamar class and rosen uh, <laughs> right. i was like who am i forgetting oh that's right and then um and kyler. then you've got your kyler Dwayne <laughs> haskins daniel jones and then you've got uh gosh, burrow, who's even Tua herbert, yeah. burrow to a herbert is that it I, those are the main ones i feel like we're forgetting some but Okay, so those are, like, the main ones. And basically, like, if we were to rank those, all of those guys just as prospects when they were coming out, would Trevor Lawrence still be the best of those? And I think the answer is yes. Yeah, I... I will say, however, however... However. If Joe Burrow's final season in college was coinciding with this and it was draft time, I think you have sort of a Ryan Leaf-Peyton Manning debate where people were like, Ryan Leaf's the best, but... Other teams were like, no, no, Peyton Manning just did this crazy shit. He should go number one. <laughs> also true, yeah. Right. Like, Burrow, that's the thing, yeah. Burrow had a nutso touchdowns. season. Like, the best season ever. 60. 60 uh-huh. touchdowns. I think you could easily make the case that Burrow might get the kind of media hype to propel him to be in the conversation for one there. But I do think overall, like, Trevor would be the prospective, like, number one pick. Yeah. I don't know if... Like, the general consensus on our prospect hasn't been this sure since Andrew Luck, I don't think. That's what it seems like. Like, th- this is, like, Andrew Luck level of, like, this guy is super good for sure kind of thing. And, and yeah. Yeah. As much I, as, like, I've as gone good, back and watched him, too. I haven't just, like, listened to the... He's so good, yeah. Heads. He is very good. Yeah, he's he, he would still be number one, even if all these guys, as prospects, were grouped together. Now, that being said... Burrow and Tua, I we think are the clear two and three, based on I there's a lot to get, go off. Because what, like, because I mean, Kyler, Kyler's next. Kyler's number four for us, but he, that 2018 class was really good. But mm. there was a lot of, you know, flip flopping of who like two the most and who could be number one or whatever like that. So, I like that's the thing. Like, where Trevor is like so far ahead of everyone. Burrow and Tua were kind of the two slam dunks of that class. Kyler was the only good one from any class, pretty much. Like, that made yeah. sense for number one. 
And so that kind of is why 2018 doesn't quite make it in here just because of how mix and match they sort of were. Now, not that they were bad prospects. So I think if we kind of move down to number five, that's where we can say, okay, maybe Baker or Darnold or maybe Herbert would get into number five. But mm-hmm. who, So who would you put number five? Um, so, yeah, I would do Trevor, Burrow, and then Tua and Kyler uh, as well. Because I, I think I wanted to briefly mention with Tua that – when he was being drafted, there were a lot of injury concerns, and part of that was because of the pandemic. Teams couldn't, like, actually work him out and look yeah. and see. And I think it was clear that the injury was not really a factor. I think in a normal setting, doing something like this, he, they would be able to evaluate, like, yeah, he's he's fine. Like, yeah. we're not going to worry about that. The injury concern we can take off the con sheet. So I think he would have, stead, like, been the number three there. Yeah, um, and then you've got, yeah, Kyler... And then I would put Baker. I personally think Baker um, or Darnold. Because when they were being drafted, those were sort of the top two. Uh-huh. Um, I think I think Baker would probably be slightly ahead. Because I feel like the, if the Jets were number one, what do you think they would have take, taken Baker? or like? Yes. Yeah, so Baker is probably the, the number five here in terms of like where they would, would have gone, I think. Because, um, mm-hmm. yeah, like... I. Part of Trevor's thing and part of Tua even is like the prospects that were like for multiple years lauded. That's like that doesn't happen often. <laughs> so like being like this guy, we have to wait a year. But if we didn't have to, this guy would still be a top pick. Like mm-hmm. th- those two ha- like have that in their arsenal. Um, I don't know if like I can't know if I can say that about the others, but um, hmm. but I, I think. Like they're, not that they were bad beforehand, but the fact that they were like no. in topic consideration before their final year. So, but yeah, I think Baker's probably number five. We consider Darnold and maybe Herbert, um, but yeah, that's it's probably Trevor Burrow to a Kyler Baker if we kind of combined these last few draft classes and try to say, okay, this is how they'd go in order if they were all coming out right now. Now, right. I did before we started recording, it came to mind like quarterback rushing is more valued now than it was in 2018. So, and obviously Lamar partly helped that, but right. Lamar today would go higher than Lamar in 2018. I think we, uh, that was my take. Did, did you agree with me or would you like, I know Lamar kind of helped himself on with that, but yeah. Yeah. It's tough because you know, the whole time paradox thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> if you were to take Lamar out of 2018. Morty, Morty, Morty let's take Lamar. Right. Right. <laughs> um, like he had the impact on the league, so that now people are looking at rushing quarterbacks more like viably, which they mm-hmm. should be. And um, I I think Lamar now would go a little bit higher. I still don't think he would break um, probably Baker, Darnold, and Herbert, but I think he'd be right behind them. Yeah, just because we've seen. I mean, even like Jalen and then Kyler himself, like quarterback rushing has kind of made more of a, an impact than it had prior to 2018. So the funny thing is that Jalen's probably near the bottom here around like he's probably in like the Dwayne Haskins tier if you're looking at prospects. Yeah, like, well, th- like there Dennis were there were a couple teams that like loved him, but like enough teams that were like pretty down on it. But like there, were, there was like that risk reward tier that was kind of there. Right, everyone knew, like, this guy could be amazing or he could really suck. Yeah, or, like, with Rosen, like, a lot of teams, like, the the main thing with him was, like, the character concern on him and everything. 
Mm-hmm. Like the talent was there, but obviously <laughs> it's been a weird ride for him. But very a lot of people thought of him as a like talent-wise slam dunk, but it has not gone that way at all for him. So the most NFL ready was yeah. the term I heard every week. The most mm-hmm. NFL and I liked ready it too. And so far, I've been very wrong. <laughs> so. Maybe yeah. he wasn't mentally NFL ready, I guess, like even if he Maybe. was physically ready. So, but yeah. And so as far as the rest of the 2021 class goes, we haven't looked, at them, looked into them a ton yet. And we're not quite close enough to draft time to really say where they would go amongst all these people as well. Maybe we can kind of revisit it and slot them in, but we'll definitely be getting into more like uh draft prospects evaluations and talk as we approach the draft uh i think after free agency probably once april his is what we'll really get into the uh draft yeah. evals and then throughout march there's gonna be a lot of free agency stuff so we you know kind of just take what the news gives us so yeah that's what i was about to say is i'll because i want to hit the free agency and do all the free agency stuff first and then after that is when i'll really deep dive into the draft and mm-hmm. start looking at the players i haven't really done that yet i've kind of just looked at a few guys like i have watched trey lance and i've watched trevor lawrence and same (laughs) um i think i've watched a couple like maybe one or two running backs and a few wide receivers like i like jamar chase is probably my number one receiver right now but we'll get into that way later so many good receivers again oh yeah a lot of fun players this year but we'll be back next time probably with something uh franchise tag related since that's the next deadline on march 9th um so until then, we uh, hope you all enjoy your, uh, I guess, other sports, maybe? Yeah, it's tough. Other sports aren't as fun. But other sports your... are just aren't the NFL. Nah, yeah, it's, it's a not football. <laughs> it's just not football. <laughs> thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.